0: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the Lighten Up Lounge in the hills of Encino, California, I am the legendary Burl Bear. The man in the lawyer chair is Don Waldman. Welcome to True Crimes. I want
1: to be legendary, too.
0: Okay, you can be the legendary (laughs) Don Waldman. The world's greatest divorce attorney. There's no way to keep a lawyer happy.
1: No, equal billing is a necessity.
0: You know that. On the telephone, we have Willis Wilson. Hi there, Willis. How are you doing today?
2: How you doing there,
1: Merle? How you doing, Mr. (laughs) Bowman? Just try Don. That works, too.
2: Okay, Don. How you doing there? Sounds
1: like a speakerphone. Uh, There's
0: nothing probably more horrifying, if you've ever been through it, and and I have, but not to the degree that Mr. Wilson has, of being falsely accused of something you didn't do. Like, was your hand in the cookie jar is one thing that's upsetting, but did you take this woman at knife point and have her go down on me?
1: <laughs> I do that to my wife all the time. Yeah, but that's because she <laughs> asks you to,
0: you know. That's like the kippa line, you know. The woman wanted me to have sex with her but insisted I hold a Bowie knife to her throat in case someone was taking pictures. Uh, it's an entirely different situation.
1: Well, as for what I know of your case, you lived through a nightmare.
2: Yes, yes, that's putting it mildly. Yes, I did. How did this begin? It began, uh, in about this time of the year, uh, 1983, uh, U.S., working for the Postal Service, Marine Corps veteran, living in an upscale, uh, suburb of Chicago, uh, playing my guitar and singing, uh, riding my motorcycle, juggling three or four different girls, and, uh, <laughs> don't drop them. Okay, all uh, right, okay. And, uh, how it began was, uh, one of my girlfriends was an insurance underwriter at an insurance building in Schaumburg, Illinois.
1: Well, that explains it's, everything.
2: It's a wealthy, uh, upscale suburb, Walter Payton, who played for the Bears. Yeah, I know it. I'm a
1: Chicagoan, so I know that whole area.
2: Okay, he he owned uh, one or two nightclubs, and he played for the Bears. And also, uh, Motorola's corporate headquarters is there. And my girlfriend and I had known each other three or four years intimately. And one day, about uh, mid-October, I'm the type of man that grows a beard overnight. And uh, I'm really hairy and muscular, rugged looking. And uh, so one day uh, morning, I went to see my girlfriend and pick her up for lunch about 11 o'clock. And it's a ninth floor office building right near the Woodfield Mall there.
1: Yeah, that's a huge mall, probably the biggest in the country. Well, it, it's,
2: probably, it's probably the biggest mall in the world under one roof at one time it was. And I wanted to pick her up for lunch at about 11 o'clock, and I hadn't been there in two or three years, and I couldn't remember what floor she worked on. There's nine floors, and they all look alike. So what I did, I got there early, about 30 minutes early. I was doing some innocent girl watching. <laughs> the building is a 1,000 people and 950 are women. So I was doing some innocent girl watching, and apparently I hadn't shaved in a week. I had new clothes, nice car. I hadn't shaved in a week. I hadn't slept in two days, and I looked pretty, pretty, pretty rough. So, apparently, when I picked my girlfriend up for lunch and took her to lunch, somebody, uh, some, some lady or something at the, uh, at the uh, Zurich American Insurance Company called the Schomburg police because there had been a, an abduction and sexual assault in July of that same year, four months before. So, uh, I picked her up for lunch, brought her back about an hour and a half later, at about one o'clock, and I didn't know it, but the Schomburg police were waiting and uh... they'd got my don't like a 82 83 Ford escort, a brand new car, and they had got my license plate number. And uh... that next this was on a Friday. And that next day I had went to a wedding. I danced with beautiful women there at one of my cousins wedding. And that evening it was uh, dark outside, and I went to, went to my girlfriend's home about nine o'clock, and I was in a real good real good festive mood. And she approached me with this. She said, the poli- chamber Police, think you've been pulling a knife on women and you're a rapist and murderer you got to remember i was in the marine corps when they were brutal they just slapped that you know what out of you if you looked at them the wrong way and so, uh, and I, I took it, you know, and I said maybe, and she said to me, she said, maybe you better go in for a composite and fingerprints. And I'm thinking, my fingerprints are all over the country, the Postal Service, the Marine Corps. I've been arrested a lot of times, but all stupid things, drag racing, motorcycles, marijuana, dumb stuff. And my fingerprints are all over the country, and I forgot the whole thing. I shouldn't have. I don't know if it would have made any difference or not.
1: Well, but you have a rap sheet. They always take that into consideration. Yeah, but no, no felonies. No, no, no you know, right. Big, big difference between drag
0: racing a motorcycle and holding someone at knife point.
2: A lot, a lot. No, I have no. I'm a school bus driver too. I, you can't be around children if you, no, no, you don't didn't know. have that
1: bad. No background. I, I've been
2: driving a school bus off and on for 30 years. I don't do it now, but anyhow. So about a week later. A week and a half later, I get a call. Uh, both my roommates work for the newspaper, and I work at midnight at the Postal Service. About 10.30 at night, I got a call. I started at 11, and my uh, the Postal Service is about five minutes away. And I got a call about 10.30, and the Schaumburg police said, would you come in for a, a composite drawing and uh, fingerprints? And I said, sir, I'm thinking to myself, I've done drank a beer, and I'm getting ready for about five or six hours of hard work. Give me some a boost, just drank one beer. And I didn't want to go in there with, you know, beer on my breath. So I said, sir, can I come in in the morning after I get off work? They said, sure. So, about 15 minutes later, I walk outside, and there's three squad cars there and two detective cars, Schomburg uh, detective cars there. And I go and I get in my car to get my license, and I go for my license. I stick it right in their face, and they went for their piece. I didn't know what was going on. That's usually what you do with the police, is show them your driver's license so I can get to work.
1: Yeah, but it's a good idea to tell them that you're reaching for your driver's license before you do it.
2: Right, right. So that's what I did. I stuck my garbage lights right in their face. They thought I was showing aggression towards them. I didn't know what was going on. So, so um, like I say I'm five foot ten, two hundred pounds. I'm pretty pretty rugged, pretty strong, uh pretty strong man. So uh they they got out of their car and they uh, handcuffed me and they put me in the back seat and there's two police officers in the front uh back there by myself and they said, uh, how tall are you? And I said, I'm five foot ten and they said, uh, how old are you? I was 36 at that. I said, I'm 36. And they said, what kind of uh, dog do you have in your home? I said, we have a, uh, a little charcoal, charcoal gray poodle. We used to have a white one, but she died. And they said, do you have any missing teeth? And I said, yes, sir. I've got a partial plate. You know, because some missing teeth up top. And, uh, and they look at each other like, this is him. <sighs> and, I, and I didn't get a lawyer. I should have. Hello. And they me, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, right off the bat.
2: I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. I, I didn't do nothing to know about. Because that's the
1: know. that's the naivety that's involved. You think that you're just going to talk to them and say, oh we got the wrong guy and off you go.
2: Yeah. you Don't worry. I know. I know, sir. If I had have known that, I believe if I would have known what was coming up the road, what was to be, I would have gotten a lawyer. Okay. Then they take me into the Schomburg Police Department for two cops, two or three hours probably two hours, not a real long interrogation. They they said, we know you killed these girls. We know you are involved in the disappearances and murder. Did they read you your rights? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. didn't. (laughs) So
1: they just started interviewing you without telling you that, okay.
2: Sir, anything you see on television or hear of experience in your life, throw it away. In this story, it doesn't count. Hmm. Throw it away. So, uh and they probably interrogated me for two hours and said we know you kill these girls in the morning a lady's going to id you in a police lineup and we're going to match your fingerprints off this woman's car and i'm thinking my fingerprints were all over the world and I really wasn't scared, be honest with you. I, I don't scare too easily. Some things I do, but I really wasn't scared or concerned. I should have been. Well, and believe it or not, that jail, that Schomburg lockup is a pretty nice place to be. They <laughs> hey, got it, maid it,
1: service hey, where they bring in pizzas? Oh, I,
2: I, 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 it's, hey, it's a country <laughs>
1: Well, compared to some of them, but you still don't want to be there.
2: Oh, oh of course not, of course not. That's called yeah, lock it's up. Not. Huh? That's called a lockup. Huh? It's called a lockup. Oh, yeah, it's a lockup. up It's a lockup. up it's, it's, it's a nice, <laughs> it's a heck of a thing to say, is But anyhow.
0: <laughs> a, nice, a nice lock-up, <laughs> though.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so they forced me into this lineup. Okay, you know those little school desks you sit at? You know, they have a, a little table right there when you're in elementary school? Yeah. They had these little school desks, and I'm sitting at the... When they are bringing me in, they were inter- they're plea bargaining me. The assistant state's attorneys plea bargaining me in front of 20 people. They're bringing me in in handcuffs. And I'm 36 years old, and I hadn't shaved in a week, and I uh, look like an animal. And everybody <laughs> in the lineup is 19 or 20, clean-shaven if they shaved at all from a good They didn't want to
1: you sleep. to stand out.
2: <laughs> and they're all and, and they're all giving me dirty looks and uh, so I'm sitting at the little school desk and I ate a, I had a I had a uh, an egg McMuffin they gave me and I had this partial they gave me an egg McMuffin in a jail cell and apparently this creep that attacked this lady and killed these girls has missing teeth also and what they said they thought I was pulled, they said I'm pulling my false teeth out and pulling a knife on women and murdering them and told him, you know, that's nonsense. You're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, right
1: off the so, bat man, that makes no sense. Why would you be taking your teeth out?
2: <laughs> no, no <laughs> I You're <Like a gumum. laughs> no. I'll tell you what's better to make light of it sometimes than it is. It wasn't funny at the time, believe me. Oh, so I'm, no. uh, I'm, I'm back there, I'll really composed, to be honest with you. I'm thinking, this lady's never going to have seen me before. And I'm a walker. I don't mind walking 20 or 30 miles. I'm a postal worker and I'm a walker, and they'll get, what they'll do is they'll make you walk home. They won't take you home in their car and make you walk. So it's about 22 miles to my house, and I was getting get ready to hoof it. So then uh, in, in the lineup, they're plea bargaining me, three of them with their badge and weapon on. When I'm sitting at this little desk, they said, come on, in front of everybody, they're pleading, they're not supposed to be doing that. And then they said, I was number four in the lineup, and they said, number four, get your damn teeth out. If I hadn't done it, I'd look like I had something to hide. If I hadn't done it, they'd have done it. I mean, the
1: lineup itself is objectionable right off the bat.
2: I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. There are, you know, everybody's giving me dirty looks. Like I I can read people pretty good, you know. And they're looking at me like, "Why don't you try something so they can beat the crap out of you?" And I didn't. (laughs) I didn't know what was going on. So they said, "Get your damn teeth out!" And I pulled my false teeth out with food on them from an egg McMuffin. And a woman screamed to start making noises behind a two way glass, and that's him, that's him and I said, "I don't know what's going on here." he said Then the police put handcuffs on me he said, "You're under arrest for uh armed kidnapping uh armed violence, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated assault, and devious sexual assault and I said, "I don't know what's going on here." Then they took me in front of a judge and they set my bond at $200,000. Hello. And they told the judge that they suspect me in a lot more uh, crimes. And they set my, put another, another 50000 on me. And this lineup happened at 10 o'clock in the morning. And the, the, the crime lab in Maywood, Illinois, it only takes three hours for those, uh, fingerprints to come back. And they, uh, and, they, and uh, and they should have let me go in three hours and i stayed locked up in the worst lockup in the country until spring of the next year cook county jail the worst penitentiary in the country probably is attica upper state new york they cut people's heads off there and the worst county jail is uh, cook county and i'd rather be in attica a year than that county three months you know that song bad bad leroy brown Mm -hmm. That's where it's at, his neighborhood. And they dub it Cook County Jail, Little Vietnam. And I couldn't eat when they said they had my fingerprints on a woman's car and a murder weapon i'm thinking you know what if they transpose those things or some kind of high-tech stuff and they say they're my prints? how am i going to explain that they should have let me the f i talked to the, f- the fbi is who told me that when you're in trouble like i was in you talk to a lot of cops probably about 200 of them and they told me they should have let me go right away didn't it look anything at all like me anyhow so i couldn't eat and uh if you've ever been in shock before uh,
1: well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you yeah. what, what well, it I'll really be, is is you you're just candy. stunned. What's that? You're just stunned by what's going on.
2: Remember that movie called Saving Private Ryan? Sure. They open the back of that LST, yeah. and they know they're going to get cut in half by a German machine gun or blown to bits by their own offshore gunfire, and they start puking? Mm-hmm.
0: Remember
2: that? Yep. yep. Okay, that's what happens when you're scared. I start puking. I puke for, on bed in jail. In Cook County Jail, they never turned the lights off. And I laid up on under a, a bench in a day room uh, for three days, puking, couldn't had a, a bad headache, couldn't eat a stale bologna, That's only because get the chow there is terrible, stale baloney sandwich all day. When, when so the hell day, was an
1: attorney appointed for you, or was an attorney appointed?
2: Like I said, Don, everything you ever experienced in your life or heard, don't discounted it doesn't work in my case it doesn't it's not there uh, that, two, yeah three months later yeah
1: that was the first time you saw an attorney
2: uh, yeah I know oh, I God. know so anyhow so what they did is they put they ran a tube down my nose into my stomach and pumped me out siphoned me out get the acid out and then two weeks later when the fingerprints came back negative what they did the police officer took me in and, ha- and I know this guy well to handcuff me took me in for more fingerprints from usually they don't get the palms and the tips and that the, these fingerprints the palms the tips all the way to the elbows almost and they should have let me go they had the wrong fingerprints the wrong what does the word latent mean l-a-t-e-n-t latent
1: hidden yeah yeah uh, you can't feel you don't see it at first blush
2: okay you don't see them
1: you don't see okay, them first had yeah. nine,
2: they had 11 prints and nine were readable and uh, they should have let me go there didn't look at anything at all like me anyhow so I sat in there from like I say from uh, October of 83 and then the, uh, and then you have in order to get my bond lowered I was in there with some of the baddest of the bad I went when you're scared you can't eat and I went down from 200 down to 168 pounds fast I lost 30 pounds real quick and uh, what they did is to get my bond lowered I had to see three psychiatrists an hour a day four days a week for a month when did they have the preliminary hearing what do you mean wasn't there a preliminary hearing for you to be charged i got indicted and didn't even know it don't know no, no, oh,
1: they went that route
2: no they don't they don't you know they're, they're just out to get when they knew that they had the wrong man they were just like it like burl says in his uh promo thing they were out to get me any way they could and uh, so, I finally, finally, through the day, when I had a psychiatric evaluation, the first thing the psychiatrist asked me was, "Are you special? Rapists and murderers, people who attack women, have low self esteem." And I said to the psychiatrist, "I'm thinking. I ride, I ride a motorcycle pretty good. I'm a good, good guitar picker and singer. Yeah, I'm special." Right answer and they sent a letter to the judge a week later and it said that uh, I'm not dangerous to myself or others, and they lowered my bond uh, to uh, 50000 And a week later, in March, mid-March, my aunt, whose husband is a homicide detective in Chicago, retired, she came down with $5,000 and got me out, bonded me out. Hmm. Yeah. You must
0: yeah. have been falling apart at the seams, man. Huh? You must have been falling apart emotionally at the seams at this point.
2: I'm not really. No, sir. Not. Re- be honest with you. I wasn't. I was working out. I I'm a Marine Corps. Okay. Uh-huh. I was working out. I wasn't a uh, prayer. Were praying. there any
1: any witnesses that were supposedly IDing you, other the than the one. victim?
2: Yeah, the victim. They, they coerced her into that. It was a setup. What they needed. What what they did that for? What they set me up to get ID by that lady was for. They thought I was going to run, and I was. A bunch of nonsense. I thought I was going to run away because I have a fairly, even though I'm a janitor, it's a career job. It took me three months to get in with the postal service. What they did is, I think they set me up for that lady to ID me so they could hold me and charge me with it, charge me with these murders, and that was just a way way to get me in there. How many How many
1: from. counts did they charge you with?
2: Five, Whew. two and two a class X. And what were the,
1: what were the kind of deals they were offering you right off the bat?
2: None. I didn't have a lawyer. There was no deals. No deal. No deal. I didn't have. I saw. Here's what happened. I can't remember. A month or two later, maybe a month. I can't remember. They appointed me. I couldn't afford. Lawyers, boy, I'll tell you what, they're, hey, when you're in trouble like that, they try to milk you. I went to the lawyers' room and the lawyers told me, they said, I've been in there three months. He says, Man, if you don't give me a $7,500 retainer and 50000 to defend you, you're going to get, use a public defender, you're going to get convicted. And it made me cry out, I, honestly. I, man, I've been in there three months. Dad, come, that's a, three, three days in there is a long time. So, what I did is that they pointed me a court lawyer and um they come in, a lady, a real pretty lady and a man who had 18 years experience come in the lawyer's room and they seen me, I smoke cigarettes at the time. There's nothing else to do in there but I, uh, smoke cigarettes and, and the public defender came in there and me changing handcuff to a table and they know when you're lying. That's their job. And I told them right away I'd never seen that lady in my life, and they believed me. So it was kind of all. And I had to go through a lot of court appearances a motion for this, a motion to suppress that, and all the police did was lie under oath and have a lady, Diane Hickey, lie under oath.
1: Did they offer you a polygraph?
2: I tried to, I told them, when they... I mean, it's risky,
1: but in a situation like this, I can't think of anything else you can do.
2: I did, I did. I said to them, when they were interrogating me, I said, I'll go take a, a lie detector test or sodium pentothal. That's... And you know what they said? You're trying to con us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll take a lie detector test, you're trying to con us. Now that's that's, what they said. that's, that's, that's the what new they said. logic. Listen, we, Willis, Willis. Willis, we got to take a short commercial break, and we'll get back. This is an incredible story. This is
1: the dark side of true crime,
0: boy. And uh, we'll we'll find out what happens next right after this on True Crimes at Outlaw Radio.
3: Drone, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Is it your silky sweet wrapper? Is it your smooth-bodied aromatic smoke tempting me to vices unspeakable? drone, the exquisite torture you bring to me, not knowing whether to smoke you, build a shrine to you, or even, Padrone, Nicaraguan, to smoke or not to smoke, that is not the question. How many to smoke? Ah, now there's the question. Padrone, you stood the test of time. There is no other. You stand alone. You make my life complete. Padrone, with you. I'm really smoking. And now, back to
0: True Crimes with Burl Bear and Don Woldman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. If you just joined us, we're talking to Willis Wilson, who um, several years ago had the extreme misfortune of being falsely accused of uh, abducting. Accused? Hell, jailed. Jailed, more yes. Treated like a piece of cosmic crap. Uh, A woman by the name of uh, Diane Hickey was abducted at knife point. Forced to perform oral sex on her abductor, and uh, identified Willis Wilson from the lineup. He was the only one with the beard and a partial out. The rest of the guys were clean shaven and much younger.
1: What, what I'm not hearing is that there was any physical evidence to tie you to the crime.
2: There was physical evidence that cut me loose. Just
0: the opposite. Well, but it didn't let you go right away. That's for damn sure. Went all the way to it's trial. Not at
2: all. But I'm not sure that- <laughs> At all, five thousand dollars, and got out. They didn't let me go at all. And there was physical evidence. That this, uh, sir, this is uh, career, status, politics, and money. That's it uh, boils down to. They don't want to be embarrassed.
1: Wait a second. We have no witnesses. Your fingerprints right. don't match. Right. What is the tie that was holding you, other than the ID by the victim? Nothing nothing make,
2: make big wealthy suburb money again Man,
1: that case doesn't belong in front of a jury i can't believe right.
2: it should have threw it out the judges should have uh... right they should have threw it out right like a, well, i said i went to the fbi and it's hard to get the uh... the more educational police officer has it's hard to get him to show emotion hard to read him and uh, these cops wouldn't let me read them. I talked to them in five minutes, and they said, Mr. Wilson, the police officers use dirty tricks and scare tactics to coerce a lady, and they shouldn't let you go in three hours. And that's all they said to me. Hard to get an uh, a FBI agent to commit himself.
1: And then you had to go to trial, right?
2: Uh, they took me to trial. Do you remember the Gary Dotson story?
1: The name rings a bell, but I don't remember the story.
2: The, the, uh, a girl... A girl uh, in the 70s or something, uh, or uh, yes, yeah, 70s, had put uh, Gary Dotson in jail for rape. Oh, they, oh it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's when they just got out.
2: Right, okay, the governor let him out, and the state of Illinois couldn't pick the worst time to take me to trial. Every day, the uh, Gary Dotson story was on the front page. Couldn't The timing couldn't have been worse. Well,
1: you know, it got so asking, bad in Illinois that the governor suspended capital punishment.
2: I know, I know. That, that, that story I know about, too. I know about those murders. Little little uh, Janine Nicarico, that made me cry when they, somebody murdered her, and they put the three wronged Mexican guys in there, and they stayed there 12 years. And a creep named Brian Duvin killed a little 10-year-old girl and three other women. Mm. That's another story. I, I'll tell you, sir, if I run too fast... uh you know, pull me back. Sometimes I jump the gun and you know what I mean? But no, I, can, I can
1: hear the emotion in your voice, and it's with good right. cause.
2: You asked me about plea bargaining me, and uh, asked me, you know, right before the trial, the uh, public defender, we got to be friends. Uh, you know, that's the only link I had to get free of that terrible mess. The public defender, about two weeks before, he said, the, the prosecution said, would you take 25 years, it'll be out in 10. <laughs> I said, hell no. Then they said, would you take 10 years, you'll be out in 48 months. I said, hell no. Then they said, would you admit to kidnapping and be on probation for 10 years? And I said, you I'll have a felony on my record. I said, hell no. Let's go get them. And about a week before the trial, Well, you got
1: program, guts. So, so many people in your position cop a plea because they're terrified of what happens if they lose.
2: They did it, that's why. And that's the but foundation? Sir, I'm going to tell you something. About 90% of them people did it in jail, and 9% didn't do that, but they did 20 other things they didn't get caught for, and 1% are innocent. Hmm. <laughs> if there's eight, At any given time, there's 8,000 innocent people in American jails. How many millions are in there? so one percent are innocent and i have, i fell into the one the, percent the, uh,
1: how long how long after you arrested your case go to trial
2: uh uh nineteen months Whew. No, when I found it out, I was well, hey, I had to, I'm going to come down here to Florida, and I had to get permission to the judge to come down here and visit my uh, my people, my relatives. They all I had I had so many people show up for my trial, uh, they had to keep them outside. When they're when they're having in a criminal trial, uh, they don't want one person to see what the other person's saying. And I had twenty, car- a whole bunch of character witnesses show up, and they used two of them. The others couldn't even come in the courtroom. And, uh, and, and during the criminal, I had done had two federal trials with the federal government. You know, the Postal Service and the lady in the police. There's a, an agency called the mirror Systems Protection Board that supposed, supposedly supposed to keep the uh, Postal Service in check. Well, about a week after I, a month after I bonded out, I had a hearing with the. uh Postal Service, and there was FBI agents inspe- to postal inspectors. I was by myself, and the police and the woman didn't even show up. And I got on the witness stand, and I talked for 30 seconds and so said, get him off. And then they, the Postal Service put a real, real pretty black girl on the witness stand to try to get her to say, say she, not to bring me back because she was scared of me. The only thing I ever did was clean snow off her car and be nice to her, and it was a bad act. And they said, take him back to, at work, and the Postal Service didn't. Then I had another hearing with the Postal Service, and I had to say say very little. In the criminal trial, I'm the witness stand about a minute, and they got me off.
1: Wait a minute! In, in your criminal trial, you testified for a yeah, minute.
2: I, I'll tell you what. I, I've already, yeah, maybe maybe two or three at the most. I've had three federal tri- two federal trials, and a uh, civil trial already. Criminal trial, I've the witness stand. Is this all out
1: of the same allegations?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course.
1: Oh, I don't understand how they were bouncing around from jurisdiction to jurisdiction.
2: Well, the, no, the, the, you know that the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Postal Service is federal. Right. Right. Okay. And then it's at the federal building where they have those hearings. It's a different thing. And I, they should have taken me back to work. I w- I have a lot. Of, I was gone for nearly two years, and I have a lot of friends there, and I play ball. I play a lot of sports with them. I do a good job for them. I was ready to go back to work and they wouldn't take me back Said, clear yourself with the jury and I said alright okay so
1: how long did the jury trial last
2: well one week it took from about eight o'clock in the morning to about twelve o'clock at night take about a like hundred and forty people and get twelve and two alternates about a, a long. it was a quick one compared to some trials you know that one day and the trial lasted four days
1: well, the, besides the accuser, what was their evidence that they put on in the prosecution's case?
2: The accuser. That's it. They had her, they had her point me out in front of, four fifty 50 people in a courtroom. And when you see somebody in a, in, in the, uh, in the uh, defendant's chair sit and look real stoic, look ahead, There, I think they did it. I looked at the jury and nodded my head, no, I didn't do this. I'm chomping at the bit to get on the witness stand. And, and you, another thing, another thing I didn't know at the time. They can't. Use, the prosecutor can't use the word public defender. They've got to use attorney or lawyer. And they, the second day, they start. Use the prosecutor used the word public defender.
4: Mistrial. And
2: they, right, and then well, okay, three times they did it in two days, and the public, they get judge gotten. I didn't pick it up, be honest with you. And uh, the judge got mad, and the, my my uh, my pub, public defender whispered in my ear. He said, "You want to mistrial this." And I said, can they come back and get me next year? He said, yeah. I said, let's finish them. <laughs> and this is the honest truth. The prosecutor, the lead prosecutor, had been beating his head against a brick wall for a week. And by the end of Friday, he had spit, had his tie wrapped around his neck, his shirt tail out, and spit coming down the side. of buh, 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 buh. You know what I mean? down the side of his mouth and I I started to tell him I said sir uh, sir, you've got your shirt tail out you got spit all over yourself and my public defender says forget it let him just do it what they did is they seemed they were losing and at the last day the last few hours they subpoenaed my girlfriend from her job and they took her into an office by herself and uh, told her to get on the witness stand and say something bad about me and, uh, she said, what am I going to say bad? He was there to pick me up for lunch. And she got on the witness stand that backfired right in their face. You are asking me earlier how I got involved in this, how they got my, you know, got to me, the police? Yeah. Okay. What they did is this girl, she's highly intelligent. I've known, she was 36 years old. I've been no, known her four or five years intimately. And she's highly intelligent, rear roadmap quicker than any man I ever saw, and a real nice girl. And they took her, when they, that day at the, uh, at the office building, they took her to an office by herself with no windows, sat her down, and showed her the composite drawing. And she said, no, right away, it's not him after 25 minutes of looking at the picture looking at their badge and gun and listening to the police they coerced her into saying it was me
1: well now, saying it was you but you in terms of what that you would confess to her how it makes no sense what do you mean did were they claiming that your girlfriend did your girlfriend testify that you had admitted the crime to her
2: no 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 they just took her into an office building into a room into an office by herself and showed her the composite that's what started them that's right, the uh, what i thought. Ah, right,
0: yeah. oh yeah i guess that may be my boyfriend after all
2: right so they said that's what she did but it didn't look nothing at all like me i have medium thin lips for a white man and this guy had super thick lips even for a black person your lips don't change your hair wait a
1: wait a minute are you saying that the, the allegation was that it was a black man that did it, but they arrested it you?
2: Well, it, might as well, it might as well have
0: been. In other words, the physical difference between the, the man in the composite drawing and you was that extreme. I got you.
2: There wasn't nothing. So what we, did is, uh, what we did is we took the composite into a photo lab and blew up a black and white picture. And during the trial, we put it up next to my face. and It looked look nothing at all like me. And that helped exonerate
0: me, help clear me. So you're, you go to trial. You I'm surprised
2: to, it
1: even went to the jury. Well, from I know what this you whole described. thing is—it's so insane. There must have been um, motions to dismiss for or, uh, and directed verdict, acquittal, whatever the hell they were doing. And I can't believe that the prosecution got by that, and the case had to go to the defense.
2: Well, I know, I know, I know. It must have have to-
1: been, someone must
2: have been
0: putting the prosecutor under extreme pressure to get this case closed. And if there was a linkage, which I'm beginning to think there is, between this particular crime against Ms. Hickey and a series of other murders of other I- people... That if if they can nail this guy down as the one who kidnapped and abducted Diane Hickey, then they can link that he is also the man who did this murder, this murder, this murder, and close all those cases, put him away,
1: shut the book. Am I right?
2: Exactly. You got it.
1: But you're only being tried for the crime with Hickey, right? Pardon me? You're only tried for the crime against Hickey.
2: Yes, sir. It just, that's all. That's all.
1: So this would just that's been the opening page. That's right.
2: <laughs> that
0: would have been the opening page. They would have come back and tried to link all the other ones to it.
2: So they told me they were going to do, they were to convict me of the Hickey kidnapping, and then convict me of these other murders,
0: too. What a convenient way to close uh, close all those cases. Well, they,
1: be, they also had to be concerned about civil liability for what's been going on here.
2: I know. I know. Because it, it, it doesn't it even had sound
1: trouble. like you have probable cause. I'm talking about the I prosecution know. having probable cause.
0: I think the probable oh. cause was that some politician or someone upstairs is saying, let's wrap this sucker
3: up. Wow.
2: Hey, Mayor, hey, mayor Daley, Mayor Richard Daly. his father was in there 21 years and he died in office, and now he's the mayor, and he was a state's attorney then in 1985 or 83, 80, 83. He, Mayor, the state's attorney... That's another story. I'll tell you. We'll get into that a little bit later, all right? But, uh, okay, you so... You me how come I didn't uh, come unraveled and lose my uh, mind in that jail. You asked me that, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. What I did is I've always been, before this happened to me, I was raised in church, and I've always been obedient to my Creator, to God. And I've been in the Marine Corps. Have you ever noticed the guys in jail, the back of their arms are real big, triceps? Mm-hmm.
0: I never spent that much time in jail.
2: <laughs> well, you watch your jail movies, the fact that their arms are real big. They don't let you have weights, but what you do is because weights are a deadly weapon, what you do is you do dips. You nothing to do in there but read, pray and work out. You do dips on your bunk, reverse dips, and after about three hundred then you do three thousand, then three hundred thousand, then three million. Mm. Just work out in my cell and read a book like War and Peace in three nights to God that's why I didn't you know about to lose my mind mind over that
1: so you testified in your own defense was there that's any the, other defense witnesses other than yourself
2: uh yeah my 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 roommate he saw me sleeping about the uh the the woman uh Homburg is about thirty to forty minutes from where I live and my roommate who worked for the uh, newspaper and his uncle worked there too. And uh at nine o'clock eleven o'clock I go to bed usually about nine o'clock in the because I get off at seven thirty and i uh, you know we're midnights? Mm-hmm. And I, get, I go to bed about uh, nine o'clock in the morning, and about 11 o'clock in the morning, he saw me sleeping, and I had some candles going. I shouldn't have done that. So we put them out. And what he did is, he went out and bought $10,000 worth of camera equipment, because that's what he does with the newspaper, works in a photo lab, mm-hmm. and he wrote a check. And some people remember what was going on? By what what they bought, their, their checkbook will tell him what was going on. And he saw me sleeping the morning the lady was kidnapped.
1: That's called an alibi.
0: Yeah. Tell uh, you what, I, we're gonna, uh, we'll, We're gonna take a short commercial break. Come back and hear about what happened when the when it finally went to the jury, and then we'll find out what happens when you met the real perpetrator. Ouch! Ouch! Stand by. This is True Crime's at Outlaw Radio. <laughs>
4: Floating down the Columbia River in Oregon, it's rugged movie star Richard Tyson from Black Hawk Down, kindergarten cop and something about Mary. His fishing buddy inquires, Richard Tyson answers. It's a fun Why do you ask? Teeing up at the famous lakeside golf course in Toluca Lake, California, Ryan Stiles, the tall man of comedy from the Drew Carey Show and whose line is it anyway? stokey dangling from his mouth dining on fresco at a cafe in Italy enjoying a cup of joe and a shot of chilled vodka a lit cigar between his thumb and forefinger Russian star of stage and screen from Moscow on the Hudson and Air Force One Elia Baskin thinks he's going to sign an autograph but instead is posed with a question and answers politely Eta Fonseca in English, please? It's uh, a Fonseca. Why do you ask? From a workshop deep in a snow-covered castle near the North Pole.
3: Santa. Ho, ho, ho! It's a Fonseca! Why do you ask? It's a Fonseca. We know why you ask. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. I am the legendary burl bear, the man in the lawyer chair. He wants to be legendary as well. Equal billing. <laughs> the legendary Don Wolfman, famed attorney. And on the phone with us, Willis Wilson, falsely accused of abducting Diane Hickey at knife point. And he wanted to pin a whole bunch of murders on this guy, despite the fact there was absolutely no evidence. A slight problem. However, Miss Hickey identified him out of a lineup, and they actually took him to trial. And there, in the courtroom, he took the stand in his own defense.
2: Did you have any press coverage on the trial? No, 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 no sir, I didn't. Very little, very little bit. And if it was, it was negative. I told uh, uh, Burl that the only real good coverage I got was on Oprah Winfrey show. Other than that, some in the suburban light, but I can't remember. Very, very, just a couple of sentences. So they you, tried to downplay it. They told me not to tell anybody about it. That's what they told me. <laughs> Don't
0: tell anybody. About oh, I know. I know. There's a
2: killer out there, <laughs> been killing girls in the '60s. And they said, "Don't tell nobody." You know what I mean?
1: So you were acquitted by the jury, I gather?
2: Yeah, I was. Did it you was talk good. to the jurors?
1: Well, did you talk good, to the huh? jurors? Huh? Did you talk to any of the jurors after they acquitted
2: you? No, no. What I did, what they did, is the judge and his girlfriend will. The judge was about 60-something, but looked good for his age, and his girlfriend was real attractive, and she was a forensic artist, and they invited me to uh, go across the street for ice cream for a victory celebration. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: somehow that fits this. Let the punishment fit the crime. You, know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you were found not guilty. The judge will buy you ice cream. <laughs> this is like Alice in Wonderland.
2: No. That is bizarre. Not, is that is really going to give a, you a
0: cookie. <laughs> Maybe there was cookies True, with that.
2: No, I didn't. I, one of the jurors, the head juror, the foreman, was an attractive school teacher, and I probably could have had a date with her later on. Uh, but
1: I think that should have been on the bottom of your list. <laughs> I would have bought her ice
0: cream. No, they let him off. So how long, how long did it take the jury? I mean, after the prosecution spit nickels all over the courtroom trying to get you nailed for these crimes, you've been through hell on wheels you take the stand in your own defense and say you're on i i'm not the guy i'm not the guy and meanwhile you got poor diane hickey who went through her own version of hell pointing she you sa- saying she this did. is the guy that held a knife to my throat and forced me to do this that and the other and you have to get up there and say no uh, your honor i was uh, I'm, I'm not the guy who did it and it goes to the jury and uh... how long did it take for the jury to come back with their verdict Four
2: four hours and ten. it went out at five o'clock and they came back at nine ten.
1: No, like wait a second! Hours. It's not even that long because they probably decided they were going to have a free dinner before they went into the jury room.
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but I I'll tell you what. Hey, when you're when you've got a uh, a five cent tie, a ten cent shirt, and a fifty cent sport coat from a garage sale,
1: and a seventy five cent lawyer.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, you've got to work the jury, and that's what I did. I worked them. I worked him, way, worked him when we were picking him, I worked him, let him know, looking, I didn't do this. And she pointed me out, and I looked at him negatively, and I didn't do this. And I knew I wanted to testify, so he let me testify in my own defense. And I looked at all 12 of them and the two alternates, I loudly, or real loudly told him, I've never seen that lady, I don't do things like that to people.
1: And now, what funny. I want to hear is, what was the cross examination by the prosecution after you denied it? nothing he could do they didn't question you
2: yeah a little bit Not, that's it they were they were intimidated i'm telling you they do they knew, like i say that you got through saying a little while yourself some bit money somebody told him to uh, nail me you know what i mean they were they were intimidated at the man's head the man uh this is is has got spit coming down the side of his face, <laughs> his
0: face i get the impression the prosecutor knew that you didn't do it
2: exactly right away they did
0: and but he's under pressure from somewhere upstairs. Well, oh, yeah, he's told he's got to try this case and get a conviction.
2: Right, exactly.
0: Whether you did it exactly. or not. So he spit nickels and uh, slobbering all over the courtroom trying to get a conviction on a man that he knows didn't do it. And I bet the jury could pick up on that.
2: Yeah, they did they picked up on it right away and the public defender said, Don't 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 say nothing to him. Let him make a fool out of himself. Another two days of that trial, he'd have wet his pants. <laughs> he'd his, I'm serious. He'd have peed his pants and they had to take him out of there in a straitjacket. <laughs> serious. I'm not and quite I'm sure how that I would
0: have gotten him a conviction. <laughs> So when when the jury comes back in and they they announce it on charge, such and such, on this judge, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, and the judge jumps up and says, let's go for ice cream. No, listen
2: to this pretty lady public defender who had no her name was Mary, mary wells or something real good looking and right away when the trial first started it was apparent they were going to step all over her the prosecution was and my brother who's a Church of christ minister he's been around quite a bit and he said don't let that woman get her experience on you you're going to get convicted so Vito, the man that the head lead lead man he said all right so he kept the whole thing but after they said not guilty, I should have hugged the woman and shook the man's hand, but I hugged the man and shook the woman's <laughs> hand. <laughs> you were in prison too long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of time. I wanted to skip ahead. I understand that you finally met the perpetrator.
2: Yeah, I'm having. I, I, when they found me not guilty, I went to my home. I got down on my hands and knees. And I said, dear God, thank you for getting me out of this terrible mess. I'd rather be dead than be in there. And then I said, now help me find the real killer. Watch out what you pray for. You just might get it. Two and a half months later, I'm having a cup of coffee on a Saturday afternoon about 12 at a Howard Johnson's right near my house. It's an old uh, uh, retirement area. I'm having a cup of coffee. Then you can smoke in, in restaurants and an old man has a cardiac arrest right next to me and his body fell and before his head could crack the floor I was a lot more agile then I spoke down put my hand between his head and the hard floor laid him out for the paramedics and while they're working on him I'm reading the paper and I look up and this crud ball walks in and he's a dead ringer for the same composite drawing that just helped set me free what did you do? I pinched myself to make sure I wasn't dreaming And he sits down to my right, and I look to my left, and I don't even look at him. I say, is he going to have cheap tan shoes, long, dirty fingernails, missing teeth and diseased gums? I look at his feet. He's got, like, cheap Kmart shoes split with dirty, holy socks on, stinky feet, long, dirty fingernails. And do you know what pyorrhea is? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Have ever seen teeth that are yellow stained from cigarette smoke and black and green at the gum line?
0: Yeah, it's real bad, real bad pyoria. Real bad,
2: late stages of pyarrhea, it looked like if you thumped him, the teeth would break off and pus would come out of his gums. Yeah. And and and, uh, and I started talking to him, and he told me his name was Al. His speech was plain at first, and then I started talking to him about the murders of these girls, and I thought he was going to confess one of them right there to me. He was stunned. I was stunned. In a different way, though. He was scared, and then he got like he started talking like he had a mar. Told me where he worked too, and he t- said he uh, had. A, I talked him like he had a mouthful of marbles, so I couldn't understand him. So what I did, I ran around to the bathroom, peeked around the corner, and took off without paying his check. I paid his check. and copied his plate number down. The postal security uh, uh, ran the plates for me, and he's working in the factory right near where the girls were murdered.
1: What and happened that- to him? Was he arrested?
2: No, no. Then I, that Monday morning, this is a Saturday, this is a Saturday about 12 o'clock Monday morning, as soon as the state's attorney's office opened up. Uh, I went to the state's attorney. I knew the state's attorney was Mayor Daly was in there and his deputy was about my age, about 60, but looked like he was about 80. I could smell cigarette smoke all over him. And I said, I told him what happened. And I got the license plate number. I found the creep who killed the girls. And he's telling me, well, the state's attorney's not here. And I'm looking at him like, Mr. I can read you like the morning paper. You're lying. He's in there. He don't want to face me. Then I left 50, thirty messages I covered myself good thirty messages in two weeks. no returns. Then I left thirty messages to the schomburg police chief no no uh no uh messages uh, this is, okay this is a very the, 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 uh, five weeks later this is a very historical event okay so it'll just real quick it is sixteen twenty two off the coast of Havana Cuba. One day out, a fleet of treasure-laden Spanish galleons are hammered by a powerful hurricane. Nearly 400 years later, late July 1985, off the coast of Key West, Florida, treasure hunters discovered the sunken Spanish galleon, Nuestra Señora de Yatocha, a king's ransom and Spanish treasure, and the gold of the conquistadors. Some sixteen hundred miles north the next day, july twenty first, in the village of Glen Ellyn, Illinois, at rounds fifty three and Butterfield Road. At four o'clock in the afternoon, a pretty and popular fifteen year old went to get a bar of candy. This is a Sunday afternoon, and it's about a two acre field, and the grass is probably waist high. And the girl never made it home. And the DuPage County police the next morning found her laying in the bushes, raped and knife to death. And uh, at first, the first uh, su- suspects in the, her murder were the police themselves, the DuPage County police, and then me and some other people. I believe the same low crud ball low life that attacked the Hickey woman, killed the Wesselman girl, and they knew he was on the loose. When you know somebody's gonna get murdered and you don't do nothing about it, to me that's a sensory to murder before the fact.
1: Was this guy ever arrested? Oh no. Wow. That is absolutely that is as black a story as I've heard. Just incredible. I told I know. you know I told the, the people
0: on our website I said when you hear what happens after he encounters the guy, you'll be stunned. I mean, that is, I mean, he had his answered prayer. Like, be careful what you pray for. He found the real killer.
1: How did you go public? I understand you did the Oprah show, but uh, how did that come about? Huh? Did, you did the Oprah show, I understand. Hey,
2: oh, yeah, I did the Oprah show. How, did, how a, did
1: you get connected with with her that, in that the was story? That
2: was a fluke thing. Oprah is aired at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I lived about 12 miles from Oprah. Oprah was with, uh, WLS ABC. She wasn't didn't have Harper Studios in, and they ran. They ran. Like I say, they taped Oprah at nine o'clock in the morning, and they had some people in the show. The subject was police brutality, and they had some people out there. The police called them names, slapped them a little bit, gave them a ticket, and they're crying, crying. And I thought to myself, lady, if you sit one night in that Cook County jail, you'd have something to cry about. And so I called up. You little crybaby. So <laughs> about 9 o'clock, I called up, and it's hard to get on. I mean, it took me 20 times. It was a busy signal, and finally I got on, and the screener, about 10 minutes after 9, said, if we want to use your story, we'll call you back. So I didn't think they were going to. So about 10 minutes after 9, Oprah said, uh, caller, go ahead. And I told her my name, Marine Corps. I described myself, I said five foot ten, two hundred pounds, hairy and muscular, and Oprah goes, wow, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what, anyhow, anyhow, so then uh, I'm stringing Oprah along unintentionally, and she says, what were the charges against you, and then uh, I'm, blah, 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 blah. I'm still stringing her along, not in ten, three or four minutes, and then she says, Mr. Wilson, please tell us what were the charges against you, and then the show was mine.
0: This- <laughs> <laughs> once you laid it out then you owned, you owned Oprah's show from there on
2: I got a show. I got her show that day that one could have been my fault anyhow then at the end I said I think he killed that little you know the, killed the little Wesselman girl too and the police are real corrupt and he said well Mr. C- Mr. Wilson that's your opinion that's the end of that and a bunch of people oh the postal. listen to this the postal service heard that and they, and they tried to beat me out of $25,000 that's another horror story you have time for that
0: i don't know matt how much time we got two minutes
2: oh is the whole show over then or yeah, what Yeah,
0: the whole show's over in two minutes time goes oh, by okay. so quickly when you're reminiscing about the good old days
2: <laughs> Yeah. anyhow I, I'm not, like i say when i came back and i cleared myself i told the people at the post everybody's black but me i'm the only honky in the whole place it seems like and i told the people <laughs> I told the people of the postal service, sir, you owe me my job and you owe me $25,000 back pay. That they were not going to pay that back pay, forget it. And I looked at him and I said, I got way back and I said, mister, you're black and you'd be terrified to be on the bus that goes to the Cook County jail. That's 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 blood. And it took five months. I wrote the letter, government letter, it cost me a quarter for a stamp. The first letter they got said, if you don't pay them, we ain't going to pay you. And the second letter, that if you don't pay him, not only we're not going to pay you, we're going to put a lien against your home and your bank account. <laughs> I got the twenty-five grand, but it was bittersweet. <laughs> I'm a fool over there. That was a mistake. Well, listen, in not
1: the best story about the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Now, Willis,
0: thank you so much for being our guest today. Really? God bless you. He did. He pulled you out of the fire on that one. Not happy to hear yes, your sir, story. Sure, he did. Yeah. Oh, God bless. I'm blessed. Well, for anybody who says, yeah, you can always trust the cops and the prosecutors. You're a survivor,
2: <laughs> buddy, i got to tell you that. Thank Dad, you. Uh... I, I don't, now I don't, don't trust the police. <laughs> uh, hey, the bad guy, I know where he's coming from. But the cop, he might have had a bad, didn't get a promotion, got in a fight with his boss or his wife in a bad mood. But I don't trust the police anymore. <laughs>
0: Well, thanks again for being our guest, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of Don Woldman, an entire advanced crew of broadcast professionals at Outlaw Radio, do we have any? Oh, yeah, Matt Allen, our producer. Stay tuned next for Outlaw Radio, live from the Lightning Up Lounge.
2: Oh, come on! Oh! Get your motor running.